Hi, you guys. I thought it would be helpful to add this short clip before launching into this week's episode. My guest this week is a single man in his 40s, and originally my objective for the episode was to tap into the male psyche a bit to ask questions that would help us understand dating from the male perspective. Prior to meeting my guest, I went in with some understanding about the stigmas that surround single men in their 40s, sort of the stereotypical judgments we hear like, you know, he's a committophobe or he's a player, he's emotionally unavailable, stuff like that that I hear from a lot of single women in their 40s who speak about their single male counterparts. Uh, But about a quarter of the way through our recording, I realized that this episode was really about so much more than men who are dating in their 40s. We talk a lot about relationships in general, and we talk about personal growth. Um, Compatibility comes up quite a bit. We discuss how and why we respond to triggers within our relationships and in dating. We get into the importance of self-awareness, authenticity, and and vulnerability, um, the, the different ways men and women communicate, and we also discuss infidelity and why both men and women cheat. So there's a whole lot here today that extends well beyond what I had originally anticipated or planned for this episode. So I'm adding this at the top of the show because I know my original intro that you're about to hear does not do it justice and it could be a bit misleading. So regardless of age and whether or not you're single, married, male, or, or female, this is an episode meant for anyone who is looking to understand human behavior a little bit better. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Humanity Unlocked. I am your host, Kimberly Daya. And today I have David Kessler with me in the studio. I was referred to David by another podcast guest of mine. Um, I was actually chatting with her recently about wanting to record an episode on the topic of dating in your 40s from the male perspective. And she was kind enough to send David my way. David is a 46-year-old father of six, and just over a year ago, his love life took a hard left turn with the demise of his marriage. Single for the first time in 14 years, this is when his journey into the world of dating in his 40s began. David would likely be considered a great catch by most people's standards. He is tall, attractive, he's an entrepreneur, he owns care homes for the elderly, and is also a trauma and relationship coach. We've only met once prior to today, but in the hour and a half I spent with him during our pre-interview, my takeaway is that David is an articulate, empathetic, spiritual, and intelligent single man. He was born in Orange County. He grew up in Hawaii on the island of Oahu, and he joined the Marines at 18. He was first married at 22 and then remarried at 29, and combined, he has six children ranging from the age of 12 to 25. When we met for our pre-interview, I found him to be incredibly open and engaging, which is super cool because that means I can ask him all of the questions. Obviously, I I don't know him well, but we do have a friend in common who has vouched that he is a quality human being and a perfect candidate for this discussion. I've clearly been out of the dating world for a couple of decades now, but on behalf of all my single listeners, I wanted to see if we could maybe tap into the male psyche a bit to get some insight on the topic of dating in your 40s from a man's perspective. So with that, David, I want to welcome you to Humanity Unlocked, and thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. So exciting. I'm so excited for for this episode. I've been wanting to do this for so long. Okay. Obviously, I have a list of questions, but before we dive headfirst into those, I want to let the listeners get to know you a bit. Right now, you're single, living on your own in Sacramento, and you mentioned, I believe, that this is really the first time you've lived solo, maybe ever, as an adult. Is that right? Did we oh, talk yeah, about that? It, yeah, that's what I thought. Tell me about that. Um, so first off, that intro would either scare the crap out of somebody. Why? Wait, why? <laughs> or totally, like, embrace it. Like, you know, like six kids and uh, oh, married twice. I, don't... Um, I love it. Um, You're a family man. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Really? I've embraced um, monogamy yeah, uh, for its finer points. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like the, the going back to the question, how is it? Um, yes, I, I, I'm like married consecutively for 20 years. Yeah. Never, you know, I joined the Marine Corps straight out of high school. Right. So, I, you know, I had roommates. And uh, so this is the first year in my life. I know that I've been living by myself. That's really, it's amazing. But is it, how does it feel? I mean, it, are you enjoying it? 
I am. You are. Uh, just because I've, I've done the healing and the work uh, to be alone with myself. That's That would be my next question. And not go crazy. Yeah. Because a lot of people just, they can't be alone by themselves, with themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's the deeper part of healing. It is sitting with yourself in your darkness and what comes out and how do you address it? Do you think that prior to now, uh, prior to this year, if this had happened sooner, you would have, would you have struggled more with that? Were you someone who always had to be with someone and have to live with someone? Was it harder for you maybe when you were younger? Yeah, I'm definitely a romantic. Uh, I love relationships. So if it had happened sooner, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm a resilient person. I wonder why, well, I guess you, I guess you answered that question, but I'm someone who we, we talked about this. I'm a very independent person, um, but ironically, I want to be being very dependent, um, with, with my health issues, but, um, I only lived alone for two years in between my first marriage and my second marriage with my, with my son, who was a toddler and I loved it, loved it. And there was mm. never, in fact, when he proposed to me, I was elated, of course, cause I'm in love with this man and I'm excited we're getting married, but I had to almost grieve the fact that I'd be leaving my own space because, and the listeners know this, we've talked about this before, but I truly enjoy my own company. I, and I really like solitude. So when someone says like, I can't be alone and they hop from relationship to relationship is your theory or your thought that it's because there's unresolved trauma there and they really just have not done the work. Yeah, there's, that's definitely, uh, it's basically the anxious attachment, yeah. uh, versus the avoidant attachment. Right. Um, and neither one is good or bad. It's just where we fall within our trauma. Yeah. And I am formerly anxious, Mm. so now I'm secure. Yeah. But any relationship is going to trigger those anxious tendencies, and that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Because when I get triggered, then it I ask myself the question, why am I feeling this way? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it and it comes from either thing or you know, polarity. I'm big on polarity. Everything comes from fear or love, mm-hmm. you know, um, abundance or lack. Yeah. So love bombing is coming from fear or love. Right. Because I will love bomb the shit I know. out of people. Yeah. And they will fear it's coming from fear. Yeah. And I have to reassure them, no, it's coming from love. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love myself enough that I'm abundant with my energy. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving and I'm not asking anything in return. Yeah. And it's hard for people that have trauma to one, love themselves enough to receive. Mm-hmm. You know, that, mm-hmm. that was my problem too. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't receiving, I just built up this wall that said, I'll just give and give and give. And I don't even know what I need. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being alone, mm-hmm. sitting with yourself, is really asking the question, what does David need? Yeah. What do I need? Mm -hmm. What do I desire and want beyond the anxiousness or the fear with love? Yeah. Yeah. In my, my, from my perspective, I would think that um, going from relationship to relationship would feel more triggering and more, there would be more feelings of um, unresolved trauma that come up then when you're on your own um, with your own company, because then it's more peaceful. But I think what, um, what I'm learning is that when you're on your own, you have these memories, thoughts, feelings that you are able to distract yourself from. Is that sort of, and then, and then they come up in solitude. Is that why people, it's so triggering for people? If, if people are willing to do the work, Mm -hmm. And it is work. Mm-hmm. And being alone is not the answer for everybody because we are not meant to be alone. Mm-hmm. We are meant to couple yeah. and pair yeah. and mirror each other and trigger each other yeah. for the greater good yeah. of each other. Um, so even when I'm in a, you know, necessarily a bad relationship yeah um there was good parts in that relationship but maybe overall 
it was not conscious and it hurt more than it helped or probably not helped. It hurt more than it felt good mm. going out of that. The, the, what a conscious person should do is reflect on themselves and say, why was I in that relationship? Yes. What about me attracted that person? What do I need to change to be better, to vibrate a different vibration, to attract mm -hmm. a, not better or worse, but a different vibration? Because you only meet the person that you are conscious within yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I can mm -hmm. only love you mm -hmm. as consciously as I love myself. Correct. Yes. So yeah. if I am meeting a person and accepting that person, I'm accepting them either because of my ignorance mm -hmm. or my knowing. Mm -hmm. And when you're mm -hmm. becoming more knowing, you start to vibrate differently and attract differently. Mm -hmm. You want differently. Mm -hmm. You want more healed. You, you don't want the the fighting and the arguing mm -hmm. or um, a lot of, I find men and women actually will, will almost forgive the expression, but date down because they want to be the savior. Yeah. They want to be, um, they want to put the, the broken pieces back together and be the hero. So they, instead of meeting somebody who's at maybe their level or shoot for somebody that's more quality, it's almost intimidating for them. They want to be the, the person that is the um, better, more evolved person do you find that yeah and that's all like uh, what seems like consciousness is actually unconsciousness right like yeah i'm not here to save you mm -hmm. and i will tell people like you don't have to save me i'm very conscious mm -hmm. like if i trigger you bring it to my attention mm -hmm. i will very self like i'm very fast at self-reflection mm -hmm. and if i trigger you that's not a good or bad thing. I'm just seeing how you deal with exactly. my triggers. Exactly. I'm, not, I'm not doing it on purpose because I might trigger you on accident. Mm -hmm. But I really want to see how you deal with that. And there's, you know, do you talk to me mm -hmm. lovingly? Are you holding space for me? Because mm -hmm. when I'm triggering you, I'm not at my best self. Mm -hmm. So how do you convey to me mm -hmm that you're triggered, you're hurt, that I hurt you, and give me the chance to reflect and say, you know what, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to do that. Or maybe I did mean to do it. I, I meant to hurt you. Yeah. And that was petty of me. I need to look at that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. And, and, and why? Like, why did I want to hurt you? Yeah. What, what, what was it about the situation or you in this moment that... I felt the need to, to hurt you. Yeah. I, I yeah. completely, I could talk forever about this. Yeah. So fascinating. Um, okay. Just to also give everybody a little background. Um, are you currently in a relationship now? I am in the most amazing relationship. I right feel now. like you're going to go ahead. And it's with myself. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like this is a trick <laughs> answer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I know that sounds totally avoidant, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but from that point, relationship with myself and that knowing within myself of what I want, what I don't want, what I need, it allows me to more authentically relate to mm -hmm. other humans and figure out where whether or not they are good for me and I am good for them. Yeah. Because when you're kind of like unconscious, it's everything is about me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. Like, no, she's pretty. Like my, my thing was, oh my God, she's beautiful mm -hmm. and she likes me. Mm -hmm. oh, I have no boundaries. I yeah. love you. I'll do anything for you. I'll, I'll bend yeah. over backward and kill myself. Yeah. And now being a little bit more conscious, it's like maybe I'm not the right person for you mm -hmm. because where I'm at in my life and my thinking, I'm not going to help you. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, not to like obfuscate or beat or like no, go, ahead. go off that question. But when we meet people, we meet them where they are at. It's true. And the infinite levels of consciousness, let's say just one to 10, um, 
they may be at a five and we are at a four mm-hmm. um, or a three. Mm-hmm. And lower levels want higher levels. That's why we're attracted to yeah. certain energies. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we are good for certain energies mm-hmm. or they are good for us. Mm-hmm. Because when, you, when you're a little bit more conscious, you can go on a date and look at a, a person and say, you know, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. But they are not ready for this type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ready to devote all this extra time into babysitting somebody. Yeah, and, and like it, raising them up. Into, yes. Yeah. And it sounds maybe harsh. Yeah. But that's, that is self-love. It, but it's true. It's you're not, there, nothing you're saying is incorrect. It is absolutely the truth. And I think it's something that it's hard to understand. Um, but it's true. It, it, I think for some people it's hard to understand if you're not at that point. And I, I'm really phrasing that wrong. It's almost like, well, we're here and you're there. You no, because I've not met I mean. women that I was highly attracted to and I wanted to have a relationship with and they were beautifully and bold enough to say, I'm not ready for you. Mm. Yes. So they recognize that you had done the work and they're just not, they're not quite there yet. Well, they're, but they're really saying is, David, you still have some work to do. Oh, the opposite yeah. is true. Opposite. Oh, okay. Wow. Were you able to receive that? Yeah. Okay. And, and it was like, okay, maybe I'm still talking about my ex and the trauma. Oh, mm-hmm. because if I'm still talking about it, I'm still in that energy. Yeah. And, and even though I'm a coach and I talk a lot about these things because I talk about what I know, mm-hmm. their perception may have been, wow, if he's still talking about this energy, I'm afraid. Or maybe he's still in that energy and he will be a great person when he comes out of it yeah. and it's not talking about that. Right. And he's talking about like going on camping trips and hiking. Yeah. And so, you know, it not right or wrong. It's just upon us to receive that information and just ask ourselves the question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something that you said really um, stuck out to me because it's so, it's so true with men or at least the men I know. And I mean, I have a 21 year old son, you know, obviously I have a husband and, and, and I have a fair amount of male friends that um, it's like the criteria for a lot of people is, is she pretty and does she like me? It's yeah. like, that's it. And, you know, and they don't, you know, there's certain um, qualities and aspects to the relationship that are also so important. And unless you bring the, unless you sort of lean in and want in the beginning to want those, um, you're, it's going to come up later on. So it's good that you have an awareness about like, okay, actually my standards are a little bit higher than whether or not she's pretty, if she likes me. But I think that a lot of men fall into, I think women do too. You know, if it's a really great looking, successful guy and he likes them, that's it. Game on. You know, it's like, yeah. And it's not really about men or women. It's just it's true. Uh, unhealed, and we're all broken. So the level of healing and self-love gives us a, just a little bit deeper insight into our own traumas and coping mechanisms yeah. and the way we experience. Uh, the way we need love and express love. Yeah. So the five love languages is, is a great thing mm-hmm. to understand. One, how you receive love is sometimes different from how you give love. Mm-hmm. And after I left my um, last marriage, one of the things that I'm, I'm really, I'm a Virgo, like meticulously about overthinking in my own head. Mm. And I said, uh, I don't, I'm not going to like subscribe to one thing. Yeah. I'm going to master all five. Yeah. Receiving and giving. Yeah. And where wherever somebody ever tells me I'm lacking, I will balance that out with their um with their perception and my reality and work towards saying, "Okay, can I be a better gift giver. Mm-hmm. Like what's stopping me from being a better gift giver? And it's not enough to say, well, I just, 
that's not me. Yeah. Like that's not the way I show love. It's yeah. like, no. If I'm going to be a complete lover and we should all be striving for balance, not mm. completeness, but balance. If I, I'm a more balanced person, what is lacking in me that I don't give gifts? You know, like whatever. And just working it's on that. It's not really about the gifts. It's about like um, doing the work on like, okay, what what is the reason why, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That is going to give me something to think about. Very, very interesting. Um, when, as you started into the dating world, what was your belief system about yourself at that time? Did, did you have any insecurities formerly when you first sort of embarking in the, in the world of dating? Uh, definitely. I, I had come out of a 14-year marriage in which there were things that had been done that caused the, the demise of that marriage that made me deeply look at myself with insecurities, mm -hmm. you know, not being enough, um, not being, you know, you know, the things that hit me was I need to get back into the gym. Right. I need to work on myself and all these things that I did and great. Like, mm -hmm. but the realization that that person's, uh, perspective or perception of me is not maybe healthy so why am I taking this on and causing these insecurities mm -hmm. wow I must not love myself enough mm -hmm. to reject that yeah and not necessarily reject them as good or bad but understand that they have everybody has their own traumas and their coping mechanisms. So now like in relationships, it's like, do I want to deal with your coping mechanisms? Can I deal with them mm -hmm. in a loving way where we can kind of like both dissolve yeah. these perceptions of ourself? And that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's healing. Mm -hmm. um, or, is this person going to reject because they're not at a point that they can accept that beautiful constructive criticism that lets us grow and be better humans and fight less yeah and then expand into deeper levels of vulnerability which just means better communication better sex better hikes better love better just everything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that you've been single and dating for a while, what do you find yourself looking for in a partner? And what are some of the red flags that you've been able to identify as like being deal breakers? Uh, I think the going to red flags, the biggest red flag for me is a person that is not confident within themselves. Yeah. Um, in their own knowing and lack of confidence, you know, when you're unhealed or more broken, it's like um, that's that savior complex. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you're you are not confident in yourself, then I have power and dominion over yeah. you. How does that lack of when you, when you're dating? How does that lack of confidence generally manifest in terms of like what does that look like when you're dating? What what kinds of um, what are women? What's, what what would that red flag look like to you? Like, well, as you said that, I was thinking, you know, lack of confidence is not necessarily a turnoff. Mm -hmm. It can be cute. Mm -hmm. It can be endearing. Mm -hmm. Like um, when a, you know, a woman looks down, because you know, I, I, I had lack of confidence uh, as a kid and a, a young man. So it was kind of like endearing yeah. in a way, like... Uh, well, there's and an absence of ego there. Well, not always, but it, it, it like an almost like an innocence. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's overconfidence, which is kind of like bulldozing, and there's no room for exploration. Yeah. So I think now that we've kind of like talked about it, and I've literally here like thought about it, um, I like a person who is extremely confident mm -hmm. in the 
in all the best ways. Yeah. But is also not, uh, the term is married mm-hmm. to anything, mm-hmm. meaning everything is an open conversation, a theory that can be, you know, two people can vibe and mm-hmm. work on it mm-hmm. for the betterment and, and moving it up. Yeah. Um, so when I see a person that are like, you know, I don't like this, I don't like that, it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, okay. Is that because you are in your knowing and you've tasted or tried that and you know because you've experienced it? Or is it just, um, you know, like a thought? Yeah. Instead of there's no practical application of understanding right. why you don't like it. Is it just, you know, something that you are, you are adhering to? Like it's, on the surface, this does not sound like a good idea. Therefore, I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And with, with no investigation. Exactly. Yeah. Because it, and it's like, and it's not about what it is it's about the thought process how open okay so how open are you to new experiences how open are you to looking at yourself Mm -hmm. and examining yourself Mm -hmm. with that you know because i'm highly open Mm -hmm. to these things we have a place to work and create with if you're if a person is solidified in all their beliefs then I'm just even, I'm basically signing on yes. to your life. Yes. Um, Such a good way to put it. Yeah. And that's, there's no problem if I am aligned with those beliefs. Yeah. But if I see something within you that, yeah, you are beautiful, you are dynamic, you're amazing, and you're open, you have your beliefs, mm-hmm. but you're open to, exploring Mm -hmm. it's like we can create something together yes i love that we just do not hear that enough and not even just in dating just in life i just feel like people are attached to whatever it is they think and believe and it is their it is truth period and there is no room for nuance and there's no room to learn and grow beyond that and yeah it's so true it's it's true in all areas um yeah, okay. I was hanging out with an, an amazing coach, and she's um, Muslim. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, for so long, my mom and dad wanted me to marry a Muslim man. And I chose that I'm not going to limit myself to a Muslim man. If I find one, great. Yeah. But there are so many more men out there that, you know, he has to be spiritual. Like I can't just mm-hmm. marry somebody that is not religious, but also not spiritual. Yeah. You can find a good balance. And why am I adhering to what my mom and dad want? Mm-hmm. You know, like, am I bold enough to seek out my own love mm-hmm. with, without the restrictions? And I really complimented her because, you know, we, you know, our parents can, you know, our parents are our first love and mm-hmm. our first trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're living for anybody else rather than yourself, then, you know, it it just puts a lot of limitations. So yeah, it's hard. <clears throat> I know as a parent, I'm sure, you know, you too, like we, we all mean well, we all we, we, we've lived longer. We sort of know, like, you go down this path, it tends to look like this, you go down that path. Tends, so in learning, especially with my, well, both mine, 21 and 15 year old, learning to bite my tongue. And really, you just have to learn by moving through your own experience. So while parents mean well, and generally speaking, most people mean well when they're telling you, you know, you need to date a Muslim man or whatever it is. Um, only we know, I feel like, what, yeah. what, what the path looks like for us. And if it's not the right path, that will show up too. And that will learn something from that as well. And sometimes that can be just as valuable going down the wrong path and learning like my daughter just had a situation where she learned something the hard way. And I just Mm -hmm. said, but you couldn't have learned it any other way. You had to do it that way in order to learn what you had to learn. So don't look at it. Like I made a huge, huge mistake because that's the only way you could have learned it most likely. So, um, so yeah, 
On the topic of authenticity, um, self-awareness, self-actualization, I know these are areas you take pride in in your own life. So I'm going to assume that you also look for them in a dating partner. Obviously, when both men and women are dating, they tend to put their best foot forward and they show us the best versions of themselves. But I do wonder, as someone who values these qualities, because I've wondered this, I value these qualities now, but when I back dating 20 plus years ago, I didn't know what those qualities meant. So, but I'm wondering as someone in their forties, who's dating now, single dating now, um, someone who values these qualities the way you do. And as someone who is the age you are, are you able to easily recognize whether or not they actually exist in the person you're on a date with or how, how easy is it to spot for lack of a better phrase, if someone's done the work, you will know a person when they don't get what they want. Oh, or when they are triggered mm. and how they go about handling and coping with that trigger mm -hmm. and not getting what they want is very indicative of where they're at. Not good or bad, mm -hmm. not higher or lower, just where they're at. And from there, when I see that, I know what I'm working with because mm. relationship is the work. So then I sit there and say, do I want to do more uh, um, work with them. Yeah. Do I want to give them more time? Where is like, is the juice worth the, the squeeze? squeeze yes. Um, and when I see that I stay. Yeah. And that is, even if that doesn't end up in a relationship or, you know, whatever, just that process of, being present in life mm -hmm. in that situation, I know I'm going to walk away with something. Yeah. Something that I wanted or something that I needed to enact a new boundary. Mm -hmm. And so no relationship is a bad relationship. Mm -hmm. They are just more conscious or less. And because we're in that relationship, if we are less conscious, mm -hmm. that relationship is teaching us literally about the boundaries that we have not learned mm -hmm. to set and need to enact. Oof. And a lot of that is about self-love. When I mm. literally walked out of my last marriage, mm. it was because I loved myself so damn much mm. that there were no more lessons there's no more growth that we could do together. And I had to take all those lessons with immense gratitude. Yeah. And learn them on my own. Yeah. And like I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. But when you are made to feel like you are too much or not enough, mm. too much of one thing, not enough of another and you're hard to love, mm. it is amazing when you leave that energy, heal yourself, and you walk into another person's energy, and they say, literally, David, you are so easy to love. Mm. And that dissonance broke me the fuck down, because here I am thinking I'm so hard to love. Um, like, what is it about me? And it's like, no, you're always going to be hard to love, not necessarily for the wrong person, mm -hmm. for the person that is vibrating at a different level, mm -hmm. higher or low. Mm -hmm. Because at a if you're vibrating with a lower level, they don't know how to love you. Yeah. Because they don't know how to receive the right. love that you're giving. Right. It's so traumatic. It's so fearful. They don't know if it's coming from love or fear mm -hmm. and at the if you're you know resonating or for me in a relationship with a person that's at a higher level of consciousness than you same thing they're butting heads with you because you're not getting mm -hmm. what they're laying down yeah mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, people love to fight and argue because they don't feel heard because they're they watch their family and mom and dad fight. So they only know love at a level that they've been taught love, that they experience love and saw love. Yeah. 
So I didn't, my father and mother never fought in front of us. They divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no screaming and name calling. So when I got into a relationship with a woman that her whole life was mom and dad screaming at each other and I'm at the parties and I see this mm. when she would scream at me, I would take it so personal yeah. that it brought me to suicidal thoughts. Oof. I had, I would have to go out on a drive and talking to myself. You're a piece of shit, David. Yeah. Like you're not like she said all of these things about you. Why would a woman say something about you if it wasn't true? I don't, in right, my perception, right, my right, reality. Right, right. Yeah. And when I healed, it wasn't about that person being um, evil or a bitch or bad. It was looking at that person and saying, whoa, how much pain do you have in your heart mm. that you're so unconscious that you now are doing what your family did or your parents did Mm -hmm. and now instead of taking it personally it's like i have a level of empathy yeah and grace yeah and forgiveness because when my son thought he got cheated on by his uh ex-girlfriend it broke him and he's crying in my arms and they're saying dad i loved her what did I do that was so wrong? And I held him and said, buddy, it's not about you. Mm-mm. You didn't do anything wrong. And don't change the way you are because somebody hurt you. And it's not about you. Mm-hmm. if she did cheat on you. Mm-hmm. Think about this. How hurt and broken does she have to be to not, you know, communicate that yeah and or need that attention yeah not about you yeah i think that that's that you just hit the nail on the head i think that when people haven't done the when we're talking about like infidelity and i know we're going to get to this but like when there's this work that has not been done um and their partner is not what they're giving is just not enough because they themselves have to do the work it can't be up to their partner to heal them they have to heal themselves and so they're looking outside the relationship to find these experiences to sort of shore up where they should be shoring that up on i don't know i'm probably explaining it terribly right but that's how i see it yeah yeah filling in that hole that you're using other people to fill that Mm -hmm. but you need to fill it yourself and so yeah like like back to what you're saying it has nothing to from my experience and what i've seen it has really nothing to do with or not a lot to do with the, the person they're cheating on. I mean, I have been cheated on. I, I, I'm pretty sure I know the situation behind me. I know I know because we've talked about it, um, but not not by Mark, just <laughs> to make it clear. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I actually was um, blessed enough to have a conversation with, with him afterwards where he actually, like we spoke very kindly, rationally, and I really got to unpack and understand. So this was, wait, I was long, long time ago, way before Mark. Um, but it was, you know, it's helpful, you know, to be able to, and, and, and he was candid and I appreciate that. And that's how I really started to understand why people cheat, you know? Um, so anyway, we're going to, we're going to go circle back to that in a second. But, um, I want to ask you about narcissism, narcissism versus empathy. It's, it's, the, it's the hot word right now. Um, how these personality types or qualities show up when dating. It's, it's a hot topic of conversation among single dating women, especially women who are generally, more empathetic. A lot of a lot of these women tend to be a magnet for narcissistic men. I know some. Um, as someone who considers yourself to be on the empathetic side, I would agree with that. Is um, narcissistic personality disorder something you've encountered in women, or like how prevalent is that? And let's just talk about that as it, as it. Um, I mean, the two, because really, when we met for the pre-interview, we were you were really saying like one or the other, and we're all a little bit of both, right? Can yeah, you so on that a bit? in trauma, uh, we are born perfect. There's nothing wrong with us. We come into this life um, how we are meant and designed, even if you are autistic or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're meant to either be a light unto others or be a light unto yourself. Mm-hmm. We're we're all um, 
in in this universe when you see a drug addict um that person is showing you you mm-hmm. what you could be what you could not be mm-hmm. um so we're all born perfect between the ages of four and seven where we have this psychological split where somebody dies in our life you know somebody gets gunned down in our neighborhood we are molested raped something that shocks our psyche and says the world is not safe Mm -hmm. so from there we usually become empathic or narcissistic or you know you know or Mm. in the range right everybody's a little empathic everybody's a little narcissistic Mm -hmm. like that's the ego Mm -hmm. and it serves um it is not narcissist is not a bad word empath is not a good word it's just where we fell on the spectrum of our coping mechanisms because an empath dad comes home he's pissed off he's angry the empath runs down the stairs and stops and says you know what I'm feeling this energy. It's not safe. I'm going to go back to my room. Come, I'll come down when dad's uh, a little bit more quieter and more. The the narcissist just kind of like runs down. Hey, I don't care. Like I'm just going to control the situation yeah. and make it safe for me. Yeah. And the problem is when we don't heal and we don't have counseling, we don't have counterbalance to that, then it becomes our personality. And when we go farther in life, that can become our reality. It's the way we perceive the world and the way we take in the world. Mm -hmm. Because I can tell somebody, I love you. Mm -hmm. And they can either embrace that as truth, fact, lies, or something in the middle that right. needs to be investigated. Um, narcissistic personality disorder is, you know, definitely on the rise which so, with social media. I was just going to say that, yeah. Um, because we are, our DNA is sh- being shifted because we're, we're watching and looking for the likes, looking for the validation. We are not in person mm-hmm. really experiencing the wide spectrum of emotions that are there with a human being. Right. We're just seeing them as, oh, that's a really beautiful bikini pic right. on a sunset. Yes. Um, regardless of man and woman. Right. And then when you meet them, like I used to do, I would, you know, disregard all the red flags because I didn't even know these red flags existed. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to look for them because I wasn't conscious. Mm-hmm. So the problem is when you're dating, especially when you're younger um, and not conscious, you're looking face value at what you desire, vice, what is actually there? What quality is there? Like, yeah, that guy is hot, he's ripped, Mm. he has 100,000 followers. But is he kind? Yeah. Is he gentle? Is he nice? Is he safe? Mm. Do you even know what safe energy is? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no good or bad. There's no right or wrong. We are all in this together. Mm-hmm. When I was a un- more unhealed human, I hurt women. And that was and women hurt me Mm -hmm. we were both there to hurt each other so we could establish boundaries and say i don't want to be yeah with a guy like that yeah uh and i remember the first time i hurt somebody it was like sixth seventh grade no no eighth grade and she was cute i i really really was into her and we dated for literally like two periods mm-hmm. until my friends found out and they're like, oh my God, you're dating Chrissy, the sailor suit girl? And I'm thinking, oh, she's adorable. She's nice. She's kind. She's mm-hmm. safe. Mm-hmm. But because my buddies made fun of me, I broke up with her as a coward through a note that I passed 
to oh. a friend and I watched her cry in the hallway <sighs> and I made, I felt like shit. Yeah, of course. We went to high school together. She was always standoffish, but we were not like enemies. But like 10 years later, when it hit me and I became conscious to, to what I did, mm-hmm. I found her and said, hey, listen, I'm sorry for what I did that day. Mm-hmm. Like, there was nothing about you that yeah. was wrong. I actually thought you were an amazing person. And she was like, thank you. I've carried that with me what? since that day that happened. Oh, my goodness. Because what I thought of you is that you were kind, you were nice, you were cute, and you were funny. Why would a guy like that do something like that to oh. me? And I'm like, whoa, no. fuck, it's not about you. It was about wow. my insecurity. Makes me want to cry. I'm crying right now. Oh I'm my like, gosh. It was about my insecurity. That's, wow. Because I listened to a bunch of knuckleheads make fun of me. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, why would you date Chrissy? And I'm like, why wouldn't I date? Mm-hmm. As a man that now surrounds himself with men that say, why not? Mm-hmm. And I will not surround myself with people. Like, you can ask me why. Mm-hmm. It better be loving. It better be filled with inquisitiveness. Because if you're not here to amplify me, yeah, I, I am a why not. Yeah. If you tell me, like, my partner says, like, I want to go to the moon. I'm like, why not? Mm-hmm. Like, how can we do this? How yeah. can we create this? Like, maybe it's not the moon, but I can build a set that looks like the moon and... Like whatever, that's that's the beauty of relationships. I, I wonder about um, with with someone like yourself, if and I, and I actually talked to my therapist friend about this too. Because of what you do for a living, and because of of who you are as a person, actually, it's two different questions. One is okay. It's almost as if you can speak a language that some people are not going to understand. Like when you talk about consciousness and so, I mean, I under, I know exactly, and I love it. I, I love these talks. But there is a, a percentage of the population that don't, they're not there yet. They don't, maybe, maybe it's not even because they don't want to be there. Maybe they just don't understand. Do you ever find yourself um, in a situation where either A, it's a language that somebody's never been exposed to and they don't really understand, or B, um, do you ever find yourself in where you're dating somebody and you end up become, you, you fall into the coaching role and then that becomes a dynamic that's not necessarily great. Yeah, that's there. It goes back to if I'm speaking a language that somebody doesn't understand, mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like realizing that I'm not the evangelist. Mm-hmm. I'm not your messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not here to convert you. Right. I'm not here to tell you this is the right path or the wrong path. Your path is what you are figuring out, finding out, and with the interaction with with the relationships, friendships, coming more to balance. Um, so that like second question, which I totally forgot um oh like do you ever find yourself falling into the, like the coaching role where the dynamic kind of shifts and it doesn't yeah where you're giving somebody coaching advice yep and i've done that yeah and the vibration that i'm attracted to mm-hmm. is the one that calls me out lovingly oh on that yeah and and makes me aware uh-huh. that i'm coaching right now Mm. And when when I'm coaching, I'm not talking about the I. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the the they mm-hmm. or the you. Mm-hmm. And authentic relating is getting back to how I feel. Mm-hmm. Vice how you know, basically speaking generalities, mm-hmm. and that is mm-hmm. highly attractive to mm-hmm. me because I'm so damn conscious Mm -hmm. that when it's done to me i'm like thank you yeah you're you're pulling me out yeah of the instagram talk right and you're wanting to know how i feel yeah and that's the vulnerability yeah because when i'm doing that 
the conscious people around me know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. They know I'm obfuscating. Mm-hmm. I'm not being, um, not necessarily authentic, but I'm not being vulnerable mm-hmm. because there's something there that I really don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I'm using generalities mm-hmm. to explain mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's beautiful because that's taught me when people do that to me, I'm like, okay, there's something deeper here that they don't really, they they don't feel vulnerable yet. Yeah. So how can I create that safe space yeah. for them if they want to, to express their deeper truth? Right. Yeah, that's good. That That's really good because I, yeah. I, I while, I mean, I could imagine dating a coach would be, like I always say this too about my personal trainer, like dating a personal trainer, like being when you're with somebody that has a specialty, that's such a valuable, it's like, Oh, take advantage of that, man. You got free at your fingertips. Like you can, you know, but at the same time, I imagine that it could create a dynamic that's not necessarily helpful for a relationship. So it's just about sort of switching that and being in it instead of talking. I I get what you're saying in other words. Yeah. And Um, it's getting to the point where instead of, talking about your truth Mm -hmm. you're living it yes so now i'm trying to live my truth as authentically and i don't have to explain Mm -hmm. why i'm doing it Mm -hmm. or what i'm doing it Mm -hmm. i just live it isn't that interesting i've actually know i recently noticed the same thing about myself um that it is interesting that when you are living your truth, there's really not much to defend or explain because it's when you're out of, um, how would you say that? Out of um, alignment, uh, I alignment guess, with yourself. Yeah, that you tend to be over-explaining yourself. And I have been there. I'm the first to admit I've been yeah. there. Um, and when you're living in your truth, it really, there is, it's not necessary. The, the opportunities don't come up where you have to do that. Um, so it totally resonates with me. Yeah, there's no when we're when we're ex- or when we're over explaining that is either coming from a trauma response that we're not over it. We need to be heard. We need to voice it out more mm-hmm. uh, because we're looking for um, different intake of opinion mm-hmm. or vibration. Like misery loves company, yeah. or company loves. Um, a new paradigm shift. Like if I'm open to it, tell me something I'm not seeing. Yeah. And I, I'm, if I'm open to it, yeah, that's going to help me grow. But if misery loves company, then I'm just saying it because I want, you know, and this is not a bad or good. It's like, I need attention. Mm-hmm. So everything is polarity. So yeah. when I'm moving through life, Anything that happens to me said, nanoseconds, I'm looking at the polarity. Mm-hmm. Fear, lack, mm-hmm. abundance, love. Mm-hmm. And yeah. neither is right or wrong. It just lets me understand where a person's at so I can, if I want to, yeah. counterbalance it. Yeah. Or enjoy it. Or yeah. be repulsed from it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like... Um, the only over explaining that I find myself doing a lot of, not a lot of, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> if I'm going to go in, I'm going in and I'm going to really like explain it to death. And it's, it's with my husband and because he's very simple and I'm very not, I'm over, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a person that's in my head a lot, yeah. but I'm a communicator and I like to talk things to death and like, you know, mm-hmm. and he's very simple, you know, we've been together a long time. So obviously we've made it work, but, um, I always, my need in my marriage is I only ever want to feel understood. Like, did, did you get me in that moment? Yeah. And as long as I don't need to over explain shit, if I, if I know he got me done, like, and so that's something that we had to learn in our marriage is that as soon as he gets it, I need to know he got it. So I don't keep going because for whatever reason, it's the only relationship that I feel like I really just need to know he sees my intent like always. And he gets it. Um, 
Yeah. But, yeah. And that's the masculine and feminine paradigm mm-hmm. where the masculine leaves the underwear on the floor mm-hmm. and the feminine says, hey, you left your underwear on the floor again. And this is the second time we've talked about it. The masculine says, oh, my God, no problem. I got it. I'll fix it. Analytical mind. Yes. And they pick it up. And then the, the feminine says, why do you keep doing that? And the masculine is like, I, I just took care of it. Like, you know, it's, it, it's, and there's no right or wrong. Great. You took care of it. But the, what the, the feminine is showing you is I'm trying to understand why mm-hmm. you keep doing this because yep. it's irritating me. It's not enough that you fix it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But there is a problem inherent in why you're doing it. Why are you doing it? And that is going back to my primordial need as a feminine to feel secure. Yes. Because if you keep doing something that is not congruent to the relationship or it's making me irritated, then I'm losing security in you, your Mm -hmm. ability to make me feel secure. And I know that sounds like like hypersensitive, but that is the dynamic between the masculine and the feminine and how we microbid for uh, attention and how we microbid for understanding. Yeah. I used to say there was a period of time somewhere in our marriage where I remember saying to him, um, whenever you leave dishes in the sink, it's as if it, you're making a conscious decision that Kim will do it. Yep. And it takes no effort to just, put them in the dishwasher or wash them or whatever you want to do. But in the more you do it and you just keep adding to it and adding to it and the sink starting to overflow, I come home, I left, left, the sink was empty. I come home and it's overflowing. So what you kids and husband have told, had told me without telling me is, is that mom will do it. And that it's like, you don't value. It's like, so, but it, I, do I really think that their intention was that? No, but it's like, for me, I need to know why you did it. Like, I don't yeah. know. And then this is where the arguments come from because the masculine will fix the problem. Mm-hmm. The yes. m- feminine wants to know why it's broken in the first place. Right, right, exactly. So as the feminine, um, in the worst cases, when, when a person is just like diving in, no, I want to know, <laughs> the masculine is pulling back mm-hmm. and there's a negative and positive charge there yeah so negatives attract polar opposite yeah so as one is pulling back there's the need to follow Mm -hmm. and so one is retreating Mm -hmm. for safety for solace for this is too much right now yes and the other person is like no like you're you're running away from me you're running away from this conversation. Yeah. And I'm not going to have you run away from this conversation yeah. because we need to sit down and we need yeah. fi- and the man is like oh, I I I I I'm being overwhelmed. And it really just comes to a point where men more than I think women mm-hmm. <laughs> need to understand like that feeling. Yeah. Cuz we're usually in our analytical and we do feel as men but we are so incongruent with those two, you know, polarities and yep. things. And I personally feel, and I reserve the right to be wrong, that women are more closer mm-hmm. in their feeling mm-hmm. and their analytics. Yeah. And when they are um, not that, Anybody's not out of balance. Yeah. But I think men are more out of balance, more with our feelings and our analytical side. So when we are coming, both of us are coming together, it is the most beautiful thing because then you can leave that underwear on the ground and it can be addressed in a safe way because one is not pulling back. Mm -hmm. They're standing firm Mm -hmm. and saying, I'm here. I know I did this the second time. And I know it's because I'm looking at myself. You asked me why I'm doing this. 
I'm either lazy mm-hmm. or when I get home, I'm just so used to as a kid just dropping my stuff, yeah. whatever the hell yeah. that is. Yeah. But there is, once again, we are working together yes. for a solution. You are kindly bringing up to me, which allows me the safe space to be able mm-hmm. to in like be in my feelings yeah. and feel why am I doing yeah. this? Beside the analytical, like, I'm and I lazy. don't think there's a right and wrong answer to that. Like, no. it, it, what you just said um, with why he's doing it, it's either a habit or I'm. Um, it, it, there's no right or wrong. I think that you just want to like tell me, like it, that way I I can leave satisfied, leave this conversation satisfied, and not feeling like it's a, it's you're doing it carelessly just to get under my skin or like what I don't yeah. know what women think. Um, I I I don't know that I thought anything. I just wanted to know, and even if it, like I said, not no right or wrong answer. Um, it's not I, most of the time. It's because it's not a priority. Like the things that are priority yeah. to us are not in my own marriage. I notice this. The things that are priority to me are just definitely not to him. So he's not going to care about the sink is full of dishes yeah. or the underwear's on the floor. He's not. He, he's like, what's the big deal? For me, it's a huge deal. And not here's huge, the thing: but. like John Wineland and David Dieta talk about this a lot, and these are the two people that I, I go, I go to as a man to understand myself and men and women. And John Wineland talks about it a lot, like. If you really want to get a man as a f- uh, the feminine, mm-hmm. if you want to get the masculine to do something, mm-hmm. telling him why he should do it mm. and why it pisses you off doesn't, you know, it's just the analytics. <clears throat> yeah. If you can make him feel, then you have tapped into the deepest part of him that he doesn't even know about it's a, yes yes he is unaware of and how john wyland does it uh is he has um in his sessions uh the masculine and the feminine in front of each other mm. and he says ladies tell him what he did was wrong or why you know like yeah you left the the underwear on the floor mm-hmm. Men, how did you receive that? Yeah, like I get it. Like I, I left the underwear on the floor. Now tell him how you feel about him leaving. You know, I'm feeling irritated. I'm feeling pissed off, blah, blah. Now he's feeling shame, right? you know, like rejection and all that. And then he says, all right, ladies, now without speaking and saying a word, Look into his eyes and emote how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these women would get frustrated and cry and break down because it's not about the fact that he left the the underwear on the floor. It's mm-hmm. really the deeper emotion mm-hmm. that is triggering her. Yeah, yes. Now, men, how do you feel about that? And men and general we're like i will do anything for her right now like whatever you need i will do it because Mm. you've she's emoted something so deep in him that it's primordial like if you have a daughter you don't want to see your daughters cry like you will raise the roof yeah and destroy anything that makes her cry right or wrong Mm-hmm. So it, it's about tapping into the emotions, getting vulnerable, getting real, and conveying. And when you do that, like it's really easier mm-hmm. to get somebody to just really understand you and yeah. then be motivated. I don't want to see you to cry yeah. ever again because I left my underwear <laughs> on the ground. So now as soon as it hits the floor, I'm thinking about you. Yep. And I'm taking myself out of the I and I'm putting it into the we. Yeah. What can I do to make this relationship um, safer and right. better? Y- yeah. Um, what we ended up doing with this is um, 
we ended up peeling back layers and layers and layers. And I, what it came down to was, um, and, and he agreed and I got him in his feelings. And this is, this was, when you said that, I was like, bingo, that's exactly what it was for us. You've got to, they, you have to hit their feelings. Cause what I said was, it seems like once we were doing, going under the layers, it seems like you only care about a couple of things. You care about work and business and you care, you care about your family. You know, you love your yeah. family and you provide and, and Yeah. Um, but you don't really care about whether or not the phone call gets made or the, or the thing, this gets picked, the errand gets done or the house gets like, you don't really, there's not a lot you care. And, and I, there was a bunch of, stuff, and I care about many things and I, mm -hmm. you know, high standard of them. And there, for years th that standard dropped when I was not with my condition. But the point is, is that I said, I just need you to like, or I said, what I said was, how do you feel about the fact that you don't care about much? Like there's only like maybe two things that you, that you really care about. Like you don't really care enough about like this to take care of. Like, do you want to care more or is this, is this, by does, and so he, it's like he had never even thought about it. And he's like, I hate that. I, you're right. Like, but I do, and so it was like this shift where he started looking at things differently, like they deserved to be cared. Anyway, long story yeah. short, it was a major moment, and it's changed in his behavior as reflect. And it was very odd. And whether or not he actually does care about it, he wants to care about more than two things. You know, like yeah. for him, it was about the principle of the matter. So I just thought that was really, and because I, what I was saying, I was like, do, would do you want me to care about less? Like, would it, would would you be <laughs> happier if I cared less about these things? I only cared about a couple of things. Do you? do you want me to meet you where you're at or do you want to meet me where I'm like, and so he's like, no, I need to care about more things. Yeah. So yeah. And a relationship is division of labor and amplification of attributes. Yeah. Uh, and like, so, you know, if you hate, literally hate doing the dishes, mm -hmm. it's like, I'm going to step up. Yeah. I'll always do the dishes yes. because I hate doing laundry. Yeah. And so what do you hate more? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly true. We do the same thing. Yeah. What do you hate less? Mm -hmm. And do we think that if I do the dishes and you do the laundry, that is a fair division of labor? So it's such a good way to do it. Like we do it with cooking and cleaning, like cooking yeah. and, and cleaning up after didn't like he's the cook and then I clean the kitchen. And so he's just, but we're both a, we're, we're working into our strengths and B, he, we like it better. Yeah. yeah so. And I want you to know that when you're sick, mm -hmm. And you're going through some shit. I will amply step up and do both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that is my dedication to you yeah. and to us. Because if I do that, you get better faster. And I understand. I understand that there's going to be days when I'm 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 sick or I'm working hard. And for us, I work on you for me, or for me. You work on you for me, and I work on me for you. Mm -hmm. Um. And as long as we are very conscious about that, then there is no, you know, like we're, t we're not toweling yeah. score. That's all for part one of this episode. The story continues in part two and is available now.